Welcome to First Turn, where we play board games for the first time and discuss our immediate reactions. It's like book club, but for board games. I'm Eric, and with me is Kiwi and BP. Oh, hello. (laughs) Hi. Today we're going to be playing It's a Wonderful World, designed by Frederic Gouillard. Uh, The artist is Anthony Wolfe. It was published in 2019 by Le Boite de Joux and Ori Games and maybe Lucky Duck Games in the U.S. Yeah, I couldn't tell. Yeah, I think that's accurate. And the game description is in It's a Wonderful World. You are expanding. You are an expanding empire and must choose your path to the future. You must develop faster and better than your competitors. You'll carefully plan your expansion to develop your production power to rule over this new world. The mechanics are drafting, end game bonuses, hand management, set collection, simultaneous action selection, and variable player powers. And the box the, art. Yeah, the box art. Um, how'd you describe it? Uh, it reminds me of Call to Adventure and kind of like the light side, dark side, with the dark side kind of had like the storm behind the castle and it looked more mm-hmm. evil. And then the light side had like a, a knight in shining armor and like a nicer looking castle. And this kind of has. Like on the one side, it's like a bluish color and like a bunch like of futuristic buildings. Land. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then the, the the other side of the board is like uh, very military. There's a lot. There's guys shooting and a lady in uniform and Looks an like airship. The on which, fire. Yeah, which I'm down with. Yeah, it def- really like it. Definitely does evoke like a sky captain in the world of tomorrow, um, which I wish had been a better movie, but. You know, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, and it, the the style of all the buildings and things is very kind of that Art Deco, like 40s, early 50s yeah. um, take to it. So so um, based on this, would you pull it off a shelf? Um, based on the art, it does look pretty interesting. Um, the description uh, is not as intriguing. I mean, just another kind of colonization type civilization building game it sounds like but uh the art is intriguing enough so i mean those airships on both sides look, yeah yeah i mean anything with airships might might just have to be pulled off the shelf and taken a gander at kiwi are you on the gander i'm on the fence so i'm gonna have to go with no um the art while i do like the kind of aesthetic like the the title and the description mm-hmm. and the box art don't really seem to go together. Like it's a weird, at least for me, like maybe it does for other people, but for me, it just seems kind of off. Um, and I'm not sure I would pick it up because it like from the front of it, it looks like a, a heavy Euro game. Well, which, you know, sometimes I'm down with, I just, I don't think I would. Yeah. I think I put this on the list because of the, just looking at the art and I thought, Oh, this looks like an interesting, like, push and pull between like you know a successful or failing i don't know world trying to make a wonderful world but yeah reading the description of an empire builder i was like oh didn't expect that i don't think of an expanding empire as a wonderful world yeah Yeah. (laughs) um yes i I agree with you it doesn't seem to quite go together but that art is super intriguing so i hope that the game lives up to that intriguingness all right how how do you think it's yeah oh man well, empire building. So is area control one of the things? No, drafting. No. Drafting. So obviously there'll be some car- drafting and hand management. So there's going to be cards and we're going to pick from some sort of drafting mechanism. 
simultaneous action selection is interesting. And variable player power is also interesting. So I guess we're mm-hmm. each going to be playing. Maybe we'll each have like a goal. Like we want to be the most militarized empire. And the other one is Walt Disney and wants to make Disney World. So, I mean, so it does say you must choose your path to your future. So I'm guessing like maybe we have like characters or something that have certain abilities, right? So like maybe one's like the more industrialist, you know, going for uh, like economic growth and expansion versus right. Then somebody else is like more into the firearms military power. And so like based on your drafting, like, and hand management, like, you know, and again, in-game bonuses, like you want to have the biggest thing. And so like how you play into those powers, right. You want to collect for instance, if you're the industrialist, you want to collect, you know, all the, um, the resources or, you know, things like that. And the other one maybe wants to collect like prestige and stuff. Cause he looks like a fancy guy with a champagne glass. (laughs) <laughs> and a nice and a nice three-piece suit yeah but the third the third faction wants to collect all the airships because who doesn't want to do that right yeah. and it seems like that's how it's going to play out and i feel like almost like oh, under maybe like underwater cities or something like that in that for some reason i had the same thought <laughs> <laughs> we had cards in that too yeah all right bp uh give me the history of the wonderful empire yeah, I'm going to have to go with Kiwi on this. Like based on the title, I think we were both definitely expecting something different. And so, I mean, It's a Wonderful World, by the way, is the title of a very fantastic song that is the exact opposite of the idea of this game. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was a, a a song that was actually written and performed originally by uh, Louis Armstrong in the 1960s, actually. So kind of late oh. for Louis Armstrong. Yeah. 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 Uh, but obviously became super popular after that, uh, especially overseas, but then eventually uh, in the U.S. once, um, you know, some of the the, the initial uh, racism of not necessarily right uh, being fans of Louis Armstrong got over, got over themselves and were then promoting the song and it then it got adopted into you know, millions of things after that. Uh, but it was actually written for Louis Armstrong specifically because of his ability to reach across, right, the 1950s and early 60s race divide uh, that took place in the U.S. and pretty much like most of the Western countries, uh, which, again, is the exact opposite of this game, because the the whole the whole like lyrics of the song are um, I mean, like the last uh, verse is actually about um uh, people, right, colors of rainbows uh, being represented on people's faces. So, again, kind of the diversity of humanity and life and about kind of this future where uh, the next generation will will be smarter and better and uh, definitely, right, uh, that more kind of hopefulness that's built into it versus this kind of conquering uh, thing. Uh, but also, one of the things we were talking about recently, just based on the title, uh, another It's a Wonderful would be It's a Wonderful Life, which, again, 
quite the opposite of this thing. But if you want to go back to Kiwi's Hello, uh, It's a Wonderful Life, uh, much earlier, it was made in the uh, 40s with Jimmy Stewart. And that is, of course, Kiwi's impersonation of Jimmy Stewart in It's a Wonderful Life, which, by the way, was also one of Jimmy Stewart's favorite movies. And again, very much the opposite of a conquering empire. <laughs> did very poorly in the theaters, actually. It did, and yes. the only reason why it's famous now is because it did so poorly, it was cheap for syndication. Mm-hmm. And so channels were able to get it quickly and cheaply. And so then they just played it every Christmas. And now it's like that a Christmas. thing that people will sit down and, and watch because of that. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Some American cultural icons that represent uh, really the opposite of empire building and the deconstructing yeah, almost and I, and of I, empire building. I really building. think that's what's throwing me off about because <laughs> like the art, like those are the things I'm picturing when yeah. I hear the title and the art and the description <laughs> do not match either of those things. And I think that's what's putting me off. <laughs> Although I feel like we could, uh, I don't know what the copyrights are right now on Louis Armstrong's version of It's a oh. Wonderful Life, but I feel like it could really with the bombs exploding in the background be a great great uh syndicate to this too isn't, isn't that like juxtaposition yeah the very definition of it i think that, see, that's what i kind of thought the game was going to be originally because it's like oh it's like your goal is to have like a peaceful wonderland but like you know you're going to be pulled back by human nature and like so like winning the game would be achieving the right side and losing the game would be like the left side that's what i mm-hmm. kind of thought when i looked at this art and how it kind of maybe fit with a wonderful world is you're trying to get to the wonderful world, but like, you know. Yeah. And the game description makes it seem more like a, a, a different version of seven wonders. Yeah. The game description just sounds like an empire builder. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right, so how are we going to play this wonderful world? Yeah. So the game lasts for four rounds and in each round, we're going to draft cards that we can use to produce resources and develop our empire. The player with the most victory points at the end of the fourth round is the winner. The first player is... Ah, it's a trick. There is no first player. Ah. Uh, we play simultaneously. This truly is a wonderful world. I wrote that down. I pause, wrote it straight pause, from my yeah, notes. I, I like that you actually put, ha, I tricked you in the show notes. <laughs> uh, So when we start the game, everyone will get an empire card, which will show you what grants you additional victory points, what your production starts at, and how much crystallium costs to produce. Mm. These cards are double-sided and all players must play on the same side. It's recommended in in your first few games to play on the A side, and that's what we're going to do. Each round is broken into three phases. We have a draft phase, a planning phase, and a production phase. So in the draft phase, everyone's going to be dealt seven cards. You're going to choose one card, place it face down in front of you, uh, and then we'll pass the remaining cards to the left uh, for the first and third rounds, and then we'll pass them to the right for the second and fourth rounds. Everyone will simultaneously reveal their cards, leaving them in their draft area before picking up their hand. This will be repeated until each player has seven cards in their draft area. So that's the draft phase. Mm. Then we move on to the planning phase. Each player will decide what to do for each card they drafted. Uh, Slate it for construction or recycle it. So to slate it for construction, you move it uh, to your construction area and it's now considered under construction. Uh, Or you can recycle it and you'll get a recycling bonus that's shown on the card. And this will be a resource that you can put immediately on a card under construction or onto your Empire card. This phase ends when all players have made one of those choices for each card in their draft area. 
So then we move on to the production phase. The production phase goes through each material and follows a series of steps in the order shown on the resource board. So it's going to go materials, energy, science, gold, and exploration. Because that's what I like to do. I like to produce exploration. Uh, for each resource, we're going to follow the following steps. Uh, count the number of icons you produce of the current resource on your Empire card and any fully constructed cards. The player who produces the most gets the supremacy bonus and is rewarded the corresponding character token, uh, which can either provide victory points at the end of the game or may be required for construction of certain cards. Then you're going to take the number of resources you produce and put them on cards that are under construction or on your Empire card. You cannot move cubes once they're placed. If all the resource spaces on a card under construction are filled, you're going to return those cubes to the supply, gain the construction bonus if there is one, and then add the card to your empire. If you have five of any resource on your empire card, you can produce Crystallium. Crystallium can be saved between rounds. Other resources cannot. Mm -hmm. uh, and phases. And some cards will require Crystallium for construction. Otherwise, they can be used as a wild resource. Uh, you can recycle cards that are under construction. However... You cannot place the resource you received onto other cards under construction like you can in the planning phase. They have to go on your Empire card. When the production phase is complete, the round is complete and you move to the next. If that was the fourth round, the end of the game scoring is completed. You're going to add up all the victory points printed on cards in your Empire. By default, you'll get one victory point for each general and financier token you have. Those are the two characters. Uh, but this could be changed by cards in your empire. Crystallium is worthless at the end of the game, as the cards that are as are the cards that are still under construction. The player with the highest score is the winner. The first tiebreaker is the one who uh, built the most cards in their empire. The second is the one with the most character tokens, and then after that, the victory is shared. You have equally great empires. Well, let's play. I see trees of green. Red roses too I see them bloom For me and you And I think to myself We just finished a game of What a wonderful world To recap, Kiwi had 32 General points? Uh, general points BP had 35 gold points and I won with 42 exploration points. So your winning strategy there. My winning strat. I have no idea how I won. Uh, like the first two rounds, I didn't really understand it. So like I had like no production going. I guess I, I focused on some big cards that mostly because they sounded neat. The center of the earth, the Bermuda Triangle, uh, parallel dimensions. And those were all like big point cards. So I don't know. I. I just sort of like looked at the cards that were kind of the most entertaining and then had no production and then somehow placed. I mean, your your construction, like your victory points that you got like straight up from construction, you were only four points behind my final score with just that. Exactly. Like I got like I had a 15 point card and a bunch of threes and four, like all my cards had points on them. So like, you, you might not have had like a big, big production phases, but you were able to build like pretty significant and large victory point piece of cards yeah, so. especially like the last two rounds when i understood how like recycling worked better then i was at least able to get some of the stuff that i wasn't producing but yeah like the whole game i had no uh no construction <laughs> ability or whatever yeah uh, i was trying to like build cards that i i would like i wasn't even paying attention to victory points i was like paying attention to like what they gave me mm -hmm. and i was building cards based on like okay i i don't make any gold so i want to produce gold mm -hmm. and 
a lot of cards need material. So I'm going to do material. Mm -hmm. And then like, I noticed that like generals were good. And so like, I started going for military cards so that it would give me generals. And I had seven at the end and that was pretty much all yeah. of my points came from my yeah. generals. So I was, I was uh, probably about a mix in, uh, between the two. I really tried to build things that sounded cool, but like, at one point I was like, I also realized I needed certain things to be able to build these. And so uh, I tried to do that as well. But uh, mixed strategy, maybe uh, not the losing strategy, but not necessarily a winning strategy. I think either. I was, no, because I think I did the same thing you did. Because like for first round, I just picked fun sounding cards and tried to build a million things and got nothing built. And then I was like, oh man, I got to like start producing stuff. So then I switched over to trying to like get the resources that I was missing. But I didn't accomplish that great. And then the last round, I just sort of scrapped everything to try to build some stuff I had. So I think I, I think we had the same strategy. I think just the differences. I think I just had a good last round and was able to construct a couple more cards than you. Yeah, and I thought I was ahead because I built 12. Yeah. I thought you were I had crushing it. Yeah, I yeah. thought I was crushing it too. And then like when we started doing score, I noticed that I had like no victory points on any of my cards. Because I was like, oh, it's an engine builder and Kiwi got the engine going earliest and BP and I are so far behind. We're never going to catch up. Yeah. So and that, when we did scoring, I was like, wait, mm -hmm. what? And that's how I played it. I played it as an engine builder. Yeah. I realized that though, like uh, partway through is like when I was like, maybe it was the beginning of the third or fourth round. I was like, how are you supposed to do this in four rounds? So I think like that, I did the engine builder, like you, that it needs to go a lot faster you know, if, yeah. if you're going to get those things going, otherwise four rounds. Yeah. I think you just kind of have to like figure out what your big points are mm -hmm. cards are during like the first three rounds. And then you build your product, you focus on your production. And then last round you knock out your big point cards, mm -hmm. which is kind of what I ended up doing. Luckily, just cause I recycled like mm -hmm. half of my construction and I was, and then I got a bunch of those uh, kryptonite cards and that let me build. I mean, I built like half of my construction was in the last round and it was kind of just lucky. Yeah, I do like that you just called them kryptonite cards, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the theme, um, BP, what did you think of the theme? I did not feel like I was Louis Armstrong singing a song. Um, <laughs> nor which, 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 in fairness, was not the theme. So right. we've established that. I guess we still don't know what the, the goal of the theme was. Uh, which I also don't feel like I was really building an empire. I feel like I was trying to put squares on cards that sounded cool. Like, so they sounded, so, I mean, again, I think it's because you weren't really building engines, you know, like, I think maybe you're supposed to, but it just went too fast. And then. Did like, you feel like the Federation of Asia? No. Yeah. I did not feel like the Aztec empire as I was building my parallel dimension. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had the island of Avalon, which really doesn't sound very. And Kiwi was the Republic of, of Europe. Europe. And yeah. I mean, it's just like none of that really, really played into what we were doing at all. Yeah. I, I felt like I was building a tableau of cards. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like I was building an empire because I think we had the same complaint about um, Empires of the North card game where we were like, it didn't really feel like we were that empire like it was an interesting idea because i think in that one like we were empires that like did not exist at the same time right and so right. like here i feel like with that one the cards were still like geared toward yeah, yeah they were for sure empire it just didn't feel like we were 
that didn't connect on like the the how we were interacting and stuff. So I, I don't know. And then even as like a tacked on theme, okay, well then you've tacked on empire building, which is you know probably the most cliche of themes yeah. on a game. Yeah, probably right behind like, zombies and. I think it's ahead of. I actually, <laughs> I think it's ahead the of most zombies, cliche, yeah. even over like you know everyone says fantasy, sci-fi is maybe fantasy because that's just so common. But trade on the Mediterranean. The empire but that's still empire actually empire. yeah yeah that's, that's like just a subgenre of empire building, so. <laughs> i don't know it just seemed like kind of a meh especially for the name table presence um i mean the the cards as you were reading off the cards you built like to to that extent it was cool um it was obviously uh kind of disorienting getting started with where do we place things um and whatnot. But again, also just uh, I think some of the stuff on the card did start to get a little confusing. And so I, I found myself just saying I need a green, a black, a yellow, you know, as opposed to what they were supposed to be. That said, uh, the art on the cards itself was pretty cool. Um, not like I mean. I mean, cool enough. And the names were very clever. I think you had Bermuda Triangle. I had uh, Kiwi at one point had Solomon's. And 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 Solomon's Mines. Yeah, I had uh, Blackbeard's Treasure. So like those types, those those unique cards were really cool. Um, Even the non-unique ones, like we had Icebreakers and Zeppelins and Underwater Cities. Like there was, there were fun things on the card. Mm -hmm. It just didn't really play into the theme that much you're just building cool stuff and and i think the unfortunate part is is once you build it the way the game tells you to display like put your cards out you end up covering up that Mm -hmm. art yeah Um, so you don't really feel like you're building a whole big empire or city or whatever you're just but i mean i get that because you kind of it's the only way you figure out your production but um yeah it does kind of you don't like to me like in a good like a a good table presence for a big like empire builder or any kind of builder, city builder, town builder, you know, whatever. You kind of like start with nothing and then you grow into like a big tableau of look at all the stuff I built. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one, you don't really get that feeling. Yeah, I'm thinking like Everdale where you had that big like your tableau was like just a bunch of like cards. It was all out. It was like a five by three grid, I think, if I remember correctly. I think my problem is, is like there's nothing on this table that would stop me to make me look. Because while the, mm-hmm. while I do like the art and like I got more, in, I, I think at the beginning I said, it, you know, the art's kind of, you know, I like the like the art, but the rest of it, I think the cards were the same way. Like I liked the art on the cards, but you end up covering it up. And if you're just walking by, like mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to see some of that art to, to be able to be drawn in because there's no like big feature to bring you in. Yeah. That, like catches your eye. So like, I don't know about table presence. Like your construction area has more of a presence than your actual like empire does. Mm-hmm. Mechanics, Kiwi? I think I did find interesting, like it did add in an element of like, what do I build first knowing that? And I think BP brought it up one time where it was like, oh, if I finish this, but oh, but it it goes like if I finish it, I won't get to use that the production. So like, you know, being able to finish construction that gave you elements that you would get later in the production mm-hmm. phase like did add an element of like it gave you something additional to think about. And I think that was really the only unique element I felt like. Yeah. I wouldn't say it was terribly unique. It, I'm trying, cause I've only ever played like seven wonders once. 
And I I felt like it while I was playing this, like I thought I like this better than Seven Wonders because it I like there was a bit of a good puzzle aspect. Like, what do you build first? And what do you you know, how do you when you're going down the production phase, making sure like you can complete one thing to trigger more resources in the, in the next one or something. But that's how I was feeling when I was playing it. And then when I won, I was like, well, that doesn't actually make sense because Kiwi was doing a much better job of all of that. So kind of like, okay, as the whole like engine builder and thinking of strategy of, you know, making sure things were producing and going in order and stuff like the fact that I won and I wasn't doing that very well kind of kind of throws that off for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like the reverse of Underwater Cities when Kiwi won with that pathetic little city. I'm like, well, <laughs> Kiwi should have won because he had the best, like, you know, engine and production going. Uh, rules, BP, how did you feel learning the game? Um, I think we got it eventually. Although, again, if you won without even knowing around. how you won. Um, but I, I think I stated this once already. The cards were confusing and I... Luckily, Kiwi and I have the rules up in front of us that I was able to use, at least in the beginning, to try to help read the symbols. There's just so many symbols. They don't match. Um, they don't match. Yeah. Why don't they match? Yeah, that was super weird. Like, why is, yeah. why is green science and... Well, that one actually is the science and science, but golden... golden um, it's like government building. It's like the symbol you always see for like government building on like a energy map. Energy and like, yeah. tanks. Discovery and exploration is two different symbols. So it was really confusing. There was just a lot going on on the cards. And it really, I think it really took at least half the game to really figure out what was going on on the cards. And then not even, and then I feel like I was still being surprised at the end. It wasn't even like an at a glance. Because the idea of icons is so at a glance, you can figure out the state of what's going on. But it was like the recycle symbol, the bonus immediate bonus symbol and the production symbol are all kind of like right there together and they're all kind of the same thing i did that a bunch where i thought oh i thought i was going to get this bonus production but it was an immediate it was yeah yeah it would have made sense if like the type of card was what you got Mm -hmm. and then make all the symbols match so like if i got rid of a tank card i know i'm going to get a tank cube right or you know, don't don't make it tanks make it energy and i could still make submarines and a tank battalion i could still make those energy right because you know, abstractly, that's right. what it is. But, you know, make it all match, but then you could get rid of that recycle icon and just be like, if you get rid of a science card, you get science. Right. You get rid of an energy card, you get energy. So uh, I think that that part was kind of... Could have been simplified. Yeah. The, the rule book itself, though, is good. There's good examples. I think um, I did watch one video, but I don't think I needed to. I think I was okay. And I... I just reviewed the the rules this morning. I don't think we went to the rule book ever. Um, I was using it. Were well, you using it for the picture? Yes, yeah, for, for symbols. symbols. Um, but like the rules themselves. So like in terms of a rule clarification, right? Yeah, we never had to do that because you know it's relatively simple in terms of rules, <laughs> but you know with the iconography and just and and you know BP's point of like didn't get it. Till halfway through the game when the game is only four rounds yeah. that's rough exactly yeah my first two rounds were i mean i had like five cards i scrapped in the last round because i was like i'm gonna build these first round and i never like had any way to do that so yeah, yeah. player interaction mm. it's a drafting nope. game no nope. yeah yeah 
Yeah. And it's a pass and draft. So I feel like that's of all the drafting, that might be the least kind of interactive one. Cause like, I mean, you do that whole place your card face down and then flip it together. And it's like, I never even like, there's no reason to do that. Like I didn't look at what you guys were doing. I I, I was helping move cards around and like getting BP's cubes for her on tabletop simulator. I never once looked at any of your cards. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't do that. I just had BP tell me what she needed and I just gave it to her. (laughs) Yeah, like it just didn't matter. And like you just you're going to pass the cards on and like there are a couple of times where I thought there's two I want. Hopefully it comes back around. But like mm-hmm, same. that's not interaction. That's just no. hoping you guys didn't pick it. There was there was one one where I looked at the cards. I was like, I don't really want any of these. I should take something that has a recycling thing that somebody else needs. Yeah, but that would involve looking at everybody else's cards. I'm just going to take this one. Yeah. I didn't even bother. Well, see, I just did the last round. I knew I had to recycle everything to get resources. So I was like, let me just take the ones that have like the kryptonite on it or like any big point cards. And so I could recycle those. That's the only like really time I thought about you guys, but it didn't matter what you had. I was just looking at what I thought might be the best card and took it to recycle. Would you play it again? Uh, Kiwi. Uh, no, I don't think I would. I think I would rather play Everdale. It's got a same like, I'm building up a tableau of cards. There's a little bit of engine building uh, with that one, uh, a little bit of worker placement. I think there's enough there that I, I would rather play Everdale. I think it looks better on the table. Um, I think the mechanics are a little bit better. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not even sure those are in the same ballpark. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm also no. I mean, I guess if you want to build a, a empire or some sort of thing along those lines, there's a billion games out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah probably find one uh, a draft and pass game S- still sticking with like sushi go yep <laughs> just yeah. lightweight and way better table presence yeah the nice one is it was relatively short this game yeah for, um, yeah my say i had the same thought with this as seven wonder of like um, seven wonder is also kind of an engine building pass and draft kind of game and i don't think pass and draft and engine building really go together very well because you don't have enough control to build like that whole game i never got material i was like well i guess i just don't do that that, that being said i've only played seven wonders duel with eric and i would rather That's play a very different I, game very i would rather play this over seven wonders duel but i've never played seven wonders so. yeah I, those are very different so i wouldn't compare them but um seven wonders is very similar you get a set of cards it might even be seven still you pass you pick one you do the whole thing and then you build structures it's kind of the same thing and then your big point cards are your wonders so it's actually this is very similar. Um, they're a little different in how you do your production and things, but I think, um, which I did like better in this game, but ultimately, like, I, I just, and then thematically, it just fell flat. Yeah. So so I'm guessing that's a no from you, Eric. He already said no. Oh, did he? Yeah. And then what did you say, baby? No. Oh, there, I was hoping for a surprise plot twist. Uh, really? No, if you had really? Seen, if you had seen the show notes, I'd already filled it in for everybody. I, I'd already guessed <laughs> what everybody's response was going to be. Yeah, no, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the cute names of some of the, the cards does not. I would like to take these cards and put them in another game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know that I'm going to give up on this type of idea, but there is just nothing to want to go back to as far as I'm concerned. Like, And especially with the name of it. I mean, again, I really liked the art from the box. But the name and what it's trying to do just don't seem yeah, to go ahead and seem yeah. to go together. I will yeah. say one thing I greatly appreciate is that like exploration was like a big point thing to do. 
Mm-hmm. You know, not, oh, yeah. not a lot of games do that where it's like you're constructing and things, but like I liked the exploring part of it. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I, you know, discovered a city of gold underwater or something. Mm-hmm. All right. That was, um, for some reason, it's a wonderful world. <laughs> <laughs> So if you have any recommendations of games you would like to hear our impressions on, just send them our way. You can do it via email at firstturntabletop at gmail or Twitter and Instagram. We can be found at firstturncast. And the podcasting camel says as he's just kind of crooning along to uh, some great old uh, trumpet Louis Armstrong trumpet in the background. He's not a Jimmy Jimmy Story. No, No. you really wanted to, though, (laughs) didn't you? I I think I could. You still can. Okay. Okay, uh, So anyway, my podcasting camel says, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcatchers. We look forward to hearing from you. Play more games. Please don't forget to rate, review, and and subscribe on your your favorite podcatcher. See, Uh, we look forward to to hearing from you. Uh, Play more games. (laughs) I have completed my island of Avalon. I have completed the center of the earth. I made King Solomon's mines. The podcasting camel says make a Louis Armstrong game because that would be a much more interesting game. It's a wonderful It's a wonderful. I see skies of blue. <laughs> oh, don't ruin his Clouds song. Of white.